Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire for Tuesday, January 26th. We have a great guest coming up later in the podcast, Jim Trotter, a very outspoken media member on many issues. He's long time been a fixture in the NFL community, ESPN, SI. He's currently at NFL Network. He has a pretty successful podcast. It's got a cool name, Huddle and Flow. I like that. And uh, we'll talk about the coaching situation around the league right now. I think you'll like it. Um, you know, we'll do a lot of Super Bowl. We'll get to Matt Stafford. We'll get to Deshaun Watson. We'll get to this Adam Schefter business about like as many as 18 quarterbacks switching teams, which I think is a little insane. We'll do a lot of that this week. But... Today is a special day of sorts, and not in a good way. One year ago exactly today, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter accident out here in California. And I thought we would take a look at 
you know, the day and what it's been like. Just not not too long, but um, I know Rob G is a huge Kobe fan, longtime Laker fan. I grew up a Laker fan. Uh, I rooted for Kobe and Shaq. I, I wasn't like the biggest Kobe Bryant fan ever. Um, obviously liked him as a as a basketball player, but I wanted to quickly just, you know, it happened a year ago and it feels like it, I mean, it's been a hellish year. Um, I want to quickly go back to that day because I was talking to my kids about it on Monday. And I still remember, and it's one of those moments you probably aren't going to forget for a long time where you were. And we belong to a church out here in Los Angeles. And um, I turned my phone, not off, but, you know, I turned the ringer off and I turned the volume all the way off. And so I don't get any beeps during church. Obviously, the wife hates that. Also, it's, you know, church. Um, so the Sunday morning that the helicopter crashed, like I was in church and I get out and it's like, they have this coffee and donuts hour. You know me. I'm a donut guy. I'm running to get the donuts um, with my kids. And then we walk over to the car because my daughter has a basketball game and I'm coaching with another dad. And I pull my phone out of my pocket and I see all these texts and I'm like, what the hell? And they keep coming in as I'm turning on the volume and stuff. And I see Kobe Bryant, TMZ, Kobe Bryant dead in a helicopter. I was stunned. Like, just stop. I, like, literally stopped walking to the car. I was like, what? Is this true? And I said to the wife, like, hey, you're going to have to drive. I got I to see what's going on here. Like, what? And we also had to change because, you know, in the church clothes, and then I had to go into, like, the basketball gear. Um, and it was just one of those, like, you're in a fog. Like, what? My kids are like, Kobe Bryant, what? And by the time we get to the basketball game, it's pretty clear, yeah, like, Kobe Bryant died, but not a lot of other details were out there. It was like helicopter crash. That was it. And we pull up. The games are outdoors because uh, the weather's usually nice in Southern California. Um, and we walk up to the court and like a game's going on, but I can see some of the other parents from our team like huddling to the side. And, you know, I start walking over and I can see their look on their face. It's like, it's kind of like an ashen, like, oh my gosh, like stunned, like nobody's smiling. And everybody's like, like, Kobe Bryant's dead. Like, what? Because, I mean, Kobe, obviously, out here is a legend. You know, Rob G will get to in a second. He grew up out here, and Kobe's been worshipped. Basketball legend. 20 years now. 20, 25, I think. And eventually, you know, like, the girls are hearing it. They were first graders. And, um... You know, I mean, my daughter knows who Kobe is, but, like, it, it was just like, oh, my gosh, he said. And then we go up to the referee, me and the other dad, and we're like, you know, should we do a moment of silence for Kobe Bryant? And, you know, the ref, he was just like, I, I don't know, man. It was this, this youngish guy. You know, if you coach youth sports, uh, soccer, basketball, whatever, summer league basketball, you start to know the refs. And I know this guy. You know, he uh, youngish, black guy, like 28, um, He's seen my Kevin Durant, LeBron take and gave me, gave me some shit one day. Um, and so we're like, you know, acquaintances. And he's like, man, I don't, I don't know. And he just looked like his shoulders were slumped. And it was just like, oh my, this is just depressing. And then like, I think it was after like the first quarter, we find out that Kobe's daughter was in the helicopter. And it was just like, oh man. And that was one of those moments where you're like, I don't really remember much of the rest of the game. 
and you're just trying to like stay upbeat and you're just thinking like looking at your I'm looking at my daughter doing sports and Kobe Bryant and his teenage daughter died in a helicopter accident and all I'm doing during like the in between quarters is like refreshing social media and trying to read text as all more information's coming in and it's just it was just devastating and I know I had to leave for the Super Bowl I think the next day, down to head down to Miami because Fox was hosting the Super Bowl, and it was one of those moments where it's like, oh my gosh, um, that was all I consumed for like forty eight hours. You know, I just I, I couldn't get enough. It was just like, I, I just feel so bad for the family. And it was just it was just one of those really devastating moments. Like, listen, Hank Aaron passed away last week. Obviously, very sad. Even Larry King passed away. Everybody knows Larry King. These guys are old. They live their life. Kobe Bryant's a young guy. He's got teenage teenage daughter. And I it was just one of those things, man. And tomorrow, you know, I talked to my kids a little bit about a Monday. And again, I know Kobe's been through a lot and he's made his mistakes. None of us are without flawed flaws. We've all made mistakes. Um and I it just it was one of those weird moments, man. I thought we'd just talk a couple minutes about it. I know Rob G has some deep thoughts. He also has a daughter. Um and it's got, I think today's going to be one of those days where it's just a day of reflection um, about, you know, losing someone that young. Right. And you mentioned that, that this happened, you know, right before the Super Bowl. And, you know, we were both at uh, Radio Row and the Super Bowl that week in Miami. And it takes a lot to overshadow the Super Bowl. You know, the pageantry, the awe, the, the parties, the the hoopla surrounding it and i can promise you that for the first uh, maybe until thursday not a single person was talking about the super bowl everybody was just talking about kobe and i I don't think i've ever even said this on the air but i ended up going to miami um i think maybe about a week after you i think because your talent you guys may have went before you know the production staff or at least my side of production staff had was able to go so I think two days before I was set to leave, maybe even the day before, um, they had the the funeral, like the the memorial service at Staples Center, and I had just had a daughter, as you mentioned. You know, she's you know, a couple months old at that point. She had spent um, the first week of her life in the ICU because she was born with breathing complications, and so that you know alone, I've always had like a, a really strong protection yeah. over her. So watching that funeral and seeing you know Vanessa his wife and his and her talk about Kobe which you know it was tough because you know because Kobe I grew up with Kobe but more than anything him talk about they lost their daughter at the same time like he lost her husband and her daughter in that that uh, accident and I remember I was watching that I'm holding my daughter in my arms and it's like dude I can't go to Miami like I can't be away from her you know if it can be taken away that quickly like what the heck what, what am I doing like this isn't worth it to me and you know i almost i had my boss on speed dial like ready to call him like look whatever it costs to to refund the airfare and the hotel i'll pay it like you know i just i can't do it i'm not in the right frame of mind to to do my job the way it needs to be done and so it was jarring it was you know one of the toughest weeks of radio that i've ever had to do you know and it's it's crazy that it's it's been a year already. You know, I guess that tells you what COVID has done yeah. to people that these days kind of just bleed together. Yeah, the days are uh, 
really long. And, you know, the years go by quick because, you know, Rob, your, uh, your daughter's young. I'm telling you, they grow up quick. You know, <laughs> for instance, yeah. Monday, you know, I play like an hour of Madden with my kid. Beat him, of course. I beat him with the Jets, with the Chargers. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not losing my <laughs> He's going to learn the hard way. Dad, come on! You know, I'm not. But he's, like, grown up. He knows the plays. He's identifying the defenses. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm in the cover one. All right, I'm impressed. Um, and then my daughter had, like, her coding class. I, I got them both doing, like, an hour of coding every few days just to get – and just seeing her excitement with, like, yeah, look, I built this. What my my creator, my guy in Roblox or a girl or whatever is going to teleport, and I'm just my, my my mind is blown. Like you know, it felt like yesterday. You know, you're playing a little baby guitar, singing barely singing songs, and you know the kids just grow up quick. Anyways, we're way off topic. Um, I just thought we would open with a little Kobe um, on the one year anniversary, and um, we'll get back to a normal podcast tomorrow. But coming up next. We have a great interview with Jim Trotter of the NFL Network. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. 
No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire a guy I've known, woof, probably six, seven years now, going back to when I was at the big lead. He's been everywhere. I mean, he's covered the NFL for ESPN, SI, now he's at NFL Network. He has a very popular podcast. I like to think Straight Fire is a cool name, but Huddle and Flow is pretty money. Jim Trotter. Jim, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. It, um, all those things you said only means one thing. It means I'm old. So, <laughs> um, but it's all good. And 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 thanks for the props on the podcast. The name, um, all credit goes to our producer Thomas Warren. He's a Howard grad, just like Steve Weish and I. And he actually came up with it, playing off the movie Hustle and Flow. Yes. And um, so so all credit goes to him. I wish I could take credit, but he came up with it. Yeah, you guys had some uh, really good stuff recently with uh, Mike Vick, who I've worked with. I got to, you know, I went to Virginia Tech and um, Jim, I walked into the, you know, dressing room one day and Mike Vick is sitting there. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, <laughs> oh, wow, Mike Vick. Uh, and I just thought the stuff you guys had was incredible. Um, how long have you guys been doing the podcast? We actually just started September. Yeah. Uh, what happened was when I got to NFL Network in 2018, Steve and I both went to management and asked about doing a podcast that would be more um, more centric to, to our upbringing, you know, African-American culture, all those sorts of things. And, and we thought it could have a unique flavor. And they seemed interested, but it just died on a vine. And then two years later, after the murder of George Floyd, where there was this sort of awakening within the league and whatnot, they came to us again and asked us, hey, remember that podcast? you guys still interested? And so we were like, yes. And that's kind of how it got started again. So um, initially it's funny, you know, we thought we would do one show a week and we just had so many people we wanted to talk to that it sort of morphed into two a week. And then we said, we can't do more than two. We just don't have time. So right now it's basically been two a week and, and we're just having fun with it, kind of learning uh, what it's all about, the podcast game is all about, and hopefully just trying to give people things they're interested in. Yeah, different perspective. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, I, we'll get to a topic that I know is near and dear to your heart, and I'm struggling with it myself. Um, but I want to start real quick with uh, the Super Bowl. We've got Chiefs, Bucks, Tom Brady, 10th time uh, versus Pat Mahomes. I don't really know, you know, I'm sick of this two-week deal, you know. Uh, it's kind of annoying, but we got to deal with it. I mean, the storyline's obvious, Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. Is there anything that jumps out at you um, in this game that maybe people aren't as quick to notice? Yeah, I mean, I mean look, as you said, there are so many storylines in this game. Um, let's go back to, number one, coming into the season, and we were all asked to pick who, who, who's your pick to win the Super Bowl. And I said, well, if you ask me the Chiefs versus the field, I'll take the field because history had told us no team has repeated since I think the 0304 Patriots. And yet I can't begin to say how impressed I am with the Chiefs. 
at just how they've responded to the season and being the target of every opponent that they've played and to be in a position now where, I mean, if you're asking me, I'm going to pick them um, to, to repeat as champions. So that's one storyline. Bruce Arians is another fascinating storyline to me. This is a guy who retired twice, once after working in Pittsburgh because he thought he was never going to get a head coaching opportunity, ends up taking a job with a friend in Indianapolis. Chuck Pagano um, ends up being diagnosed with cancer. So Bruce is the interim coach, goes nine and three, and winds up getting a head job the next year in Arizona, and then winds up having to retire again after five seasons because of health issues, thinks he's not going to do it again, knows that the one hole in his resume and really the hole in his heart is that he, he's never taken a team to a Super Bowl and won as a head coach. And now he gets another opportunity and here he is, you know, in the championship game with the chance to, 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 um, to win that title. And the other thing about Bruce that I think is so powerful is that he's one of only two coaches right now when we talk about the diversity issue of, of, of coaching staffs. Um, he's got minority coaches at each of his coordinator positions. He and Kyle Shanahan are the only two coaches in the NFL that have that. So that's a fascinating angle for me. Um, then I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how Todd Bowles, whose mm. defense came up big in, in the championship game against Aaron Rodgers and, and the number one ranked offense, how, what is he going to do to slow Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and, and the Chiefs offense? You know, so there are just, they're just so many levels. I mean, we could talk about Eric Bieniemy being back in the Super Bowl again. And, um, <laughs> yeah. It's just that there, there are a number of storylines you could go with here. And, and, and the one thing I haven't even touched on with might, might be the most important is just dealing with COVID all year yeah. and, and the unusualness of this season and getting through it for these two teams. Um, that's a significant accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah, I, let's go with Todd Bowles because he, as a as a longtime Jets fan, I remember he was the Jets head coach and I liked him. Great defensive mind. Never really had a quarterback, so he didn't have a chance. But in back to back weeks, he has befuddled Drew Brees, and he really messed with Aaron Rodgers to the point that I I thought Rodgers had another bad game. So he really did a number on Rodgers twice this year. And we're hearing all these guys being talked about as potential head coaches, and they're interviewing this guy, Leslie Frazier. Uh, like, Brandon Staley gets a job quickly. How come nobody's talking about Todd Bowles with what he's done in Tampa? How is his name not really linked to anybody? I think part of it is is um, what went on with the Jets, that people don't look at the circumstances. You know, they just read the headlines um, it's like when you write a story and somebody puts a headline on it that may not necessarily be reflective of what the story actually says, but nobody bothers to read the story. <laughs> I think with Todd Bowles, people have read the headlines that he didn't succeed with the Jets. So why are we even wasting our time? And that's unfortunate. You know, it's funny because I did a story not too long ago talking with um, four former head coaches who want to get a second crack, a second shot at, at a head coach job just to, to figure out from their perspective why they think they would be better the second time around than the first. And the more I talk to them, the more I really believe there is something to be said for experience and having gone through it, because no matter how well prepared you think you are for that head coaching job, and I remember talking to Raheem Morris, Dennis Allen, um, Vance Joseph, Gus Bradley, and they all say, until you sit in that chair, you simply you can't begin to understand what's involved with that job. And so that's why in some ways I just shake my head when I see teams now 
going out, getting these really young guys who, you know, have, have, have maybe been a coordinator for a year, if that. You know, you talk about Brandon Staley a handful of years ago. He's coaching at the D3 level. Yeah. And, and now he's going to run an NFL club. Uh, there's a lot involved with that. So um, I think that's what happened to Todd. I think owners get enamored by these hot names. And as Tony Dungy has said to me many times, NFL owners don't know how to hire head coaches. And by that, what I mean is Tony said that when he gets contacted and asked to help with a process or, or to give his opinion on it, he will say to owners, what are you looking for in a coach? And he said, invariably, 80% of them don't know what they're looking for. They just want someone who can win. And so one of my suggestions, I know I'm being long-winded on this one, but one of my suggestions has been, then let's take the guesswork out of it. And so let's say to an owner, prior to even beginning a coaching search, take out a piece of paper and write down, what are the traits that you most value in a head coach? Do you want someone with experience or no experience? Someone younger, someone older? Offense, defense, special teams, someone who's hands-on, someone who delegates. Do you want a good teacher, communicator? What are the traits, the qualities that you want? And then at that point, once you have that list, it should be able to guide you to who the candidates are that you should be interviewing. And at the end of the process, when you make your hire, my suggestion is go back to that piece of paper and look and see. How many of those boxes, how many of those traits that you listed did you check off in terms of this hire? And if you didn't check off many of them, then you haven't done a good job in terms of, 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 of who you hired. And for me, that's just one way of trying to figure out this process, because right now there's no rhyme or reason to what's being done. And that's that's bad news. And we had uh, Eric Mangini on. I know him from being at FS1, and you know he's told me a lot of Woody Johnson horror stories. And you just hear these owners have no philosophy for their organization. Like, what are we going to be about? And they just don't know. They just, let's give me a splashy name, you know? Give me somebody who interviews well. Um, I mean, hell, you look at the Detroit Lions, and I'm sure Dan Campbell is a nice guy. He's never been a coordinator in the NFL, and they hired him to be the head coach. When you hear that, are you stunned? I mean, you've got really credible guys out there. You know, Jim... Uh, let's take the Lions, for instance. Do, this is arguably the worst franchise in the NFL um, going back 40-plus years. And this is an opportunity where they can press the reset button and they get Dan Campbell, and then two days later their quarterback says, yeah, I, I think I need to get out of here. What I would say to you about that is what it says to me is that it's reflective of the process, what's wrong with the process, and how diversity plays an issue in this from this standpoint. When an owner is making a hire for a head coach, typically the two people who have his ear last before he or she makes that, that decision is either the team president or the general manager. Well, we know coming into the season, there were only two black general managers in the entire NFL. So there was not anyone of color to sit there and say, hey, have you given this a thought? Maybe you wanna look a little longer at this diverse candidate, perhaps. The other thing I would say to you is look at who was leading the search for the Lions head coach. It was Chris Spielman, a former player, linebacker from Ohio State. He's that Woody Hayes type, you know, who eats nails for breakfast. Give me the tough guy talk, all that kind of stuff. And what does he do? He goes out and he recommends a coach who fits what it is that he would love to play for. A guy who's just all football, you know, that, that tough talk, biting kneecaps, all that kind of stuff. And that's who got hired. 
I wonder if someone else had been leading the coaching search, would Dan Campbell have actually been the guy that the Lions hired? And, and I, there's no way to know at this point, but I would say that that's reflective of part of the problem here is who is it that has the owner's ear when the owner is making these hires? And unfortunately, it doesn't appear to be folks who are saying, you know what, we need to strongly consider these folks over here. Because what I would say to you, Jason, right now, if you and I were to do something with blind resumes, and I'm gonna take a resume over here that's Nick Sirianni's and take his name off it, you just see his resume. And on the other side, I'm gonna take the resume of Pep Hamilton, the former Chargers quarterback coach, take his name off it and you see his resume, his accomplishments. If I ask you which one was more qualified, I guarantee you right now, you would say Pep Hamilton based on the resume without knowing who anyone is, who either is. And, and that's not a slight to Nick Sirianni, it's just a fact. Yeah. Pep Hamilton hasn't even been interviewed for a head coaching job, but Nick Sirianni has one now. So clearly um, the process is not about who's most qualified, it's about some other things. Yeah, it, it almost feels like the billionaires are so insecure that they just want to hire yes men around them, not people who are going to offer a diversity of thought or opinion. And they don't want to be told, hey, you know what? I think you're wrong here. You need to look this way. And do you think there's too much of that in the NFL where, you know, the billionaire trickle down to guys who are just going to be like, yes, I, it's a great idea and just roll with it. And there isn't that outside voice. How do you bring that in? Well, again, I think it goes back to who has the owner's ear. So I've heard people say at the end of the day, owners typically like to hire someone they would want to go out and have a beer with. And typically that's someone who looks like them. They <laughs> share some of the same life experiences as them. So I get that. But the other thing here is ultimately, again, who is telling the owner who to consider? So if, for instance, we know looking at the egos, that Howie Roseman, the GM, has an awful lot of influence. Um, and there is a feeling out there that they want someone to control. Well, obviously, he's going to recommend someone to the owner that he feels he can control, that he has more sway. He's not going to get a coach who is strong-minded and independent, um, that sort of thing. So that's the process here. When you talk to minority coaches as well, like the thing that's fascinating to me is there's all this discussion about diversity. And then I look at it and say there are four, four diverse head coaches in the NFL right now. Mike Tomlin, Brian Flores, Ron and um, I'm missing one here. Salah um, from the Jets, yeah. Robert Salah. So you've got four. Do you know that none of them, none of those four has an offensive coordinator who, or has a coordinator, not just an offensive coordinator, has a coordinator who is a person of color? None of them. And so I've asked previous coaches about that issue. Like when I look at your staff, you guys talk about how difficult it was for you to get the opportunity. And we know that, that owners look at their experience as a factor in, in the hire. How come I don't see a diverse staff? Um, see you with a diverse staff in terms of having a, a minority as one of your coordinators. And what some of them have said to me is that in essence, the team picked their staff, their coordinators, because they had to go along with it simply to get the job. Get the, oh, man. So go back to Arizona with Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes was hired after one season. He was the last coach hired in that cycle, which meant what? He's picking from the, the, the scrap heaps. Yeah. 
So he never got to bring in his people that he wanted. And yet he winds up being fired. Never had a franchise quarterback when he was there. But he gets fired after one year. Who comes in who had a losing record in college gets to draft a quarterback number all who's their franchise quarterback, something yeah. Steve Wilkes never had. So the system in some ways in the process, it just isn't fair. And no one has ever said it's fair. But I think unless you really dig a little deeper, it's unfair to say that these men failed um, without being given a real opportunity yeah. to succeed. Jim, I'm going to ask you, how much do you think having a powerful agent matters in this process? We know the agent's job is to cozy up to the to the GMs and the presidents and the owners. How, how much do you think agent matters, if at all? I mean, I, obviously the agents think it's a huge deal, um, but maybe you have a different perspective. No, I think it matters. I, I think standpoint, many of these agents represent not only coaches, but GM candidates. So when you start looking at some of these teams and some of these openings and you start seeing who's being interviewed, check out whether or not the candidates for the head coaching position, whether or not their agent also is the agent for the general manager. And I think there are times you will find overlap without mm. question. Uh, let me go. Let's go back to Eric B the big question, you know, last year, I, I feel dumb in hindsight, but last year people were like, well, B Eric Bieniemy didn't get a job. And I'm like, but look at the job opportunities. There weren't really any good ones last year. He could get a job, but then he'd have a bad quarterback, a bad franchise, a bad owner, and he's not going to really do anything. Maybe it's better for Eric Bieniemy to wait. And then he waits, and the jobs that come open this year are kind of good. Like, that Chargers job was awesome. And... I'm a little surprised that Bienemy hasn't had any offers. Now, I guess you could argue like, hey, man, the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. It's tough for them, uh, tough for him to take a job when he's on the way to the Super Bowl. But it's happened before. Um, what, what do you make of the Bienemy stuff, especially this he doesn't interview well narrative that I don't know where that came from? I, th I think it's a joke. All you have to look at, at the people who preceded Eric Bienemy as offensive coordinator of the Chiefs. Um, Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy. Both of them got head coaching jobs despite not calling plays. Um, neither of them won a Super Bowl. With the, neither, neither of them had a league MVP at quarterback or a Super Bowl MVP at quarterback, which Eric Bieniemy has had over the last two years. Um, so the fact that he hasn't gotten a job, to me, it's a travesty because he has done everything to show that he has earned the opportunity. There's nothing more that he can do at this point. You can sell plays, but we've seen guys get head jobs without calling plays. Nick Sirianni didn't call plays. As I say, Matt Nagy didn't call plays. Um, Doug Peterson didn't call plays. You know, Andy Reid didn't even call plays back in the day when he got his head coaching opportunity. So what are we doing here? It seems that there's a double standard here. You know, we're holding black coaches to a certain standard that we don't hold others to. And, and that's the part that's unfair here. So people say teams should teams should be allowed to hire the most qualified. And I always say to that comment, I agree a thousand percent with you, a thousand percent. But if we hold again, if we hold up blind maze, I think we would find that the most qualified are not the ones being hired. And then what happens is the target keeps getting moved. So a couple of decades ago, it was, if you want to be a head coach in the NFL, you need to be defensive side of the ball, defensive coordinator. It's all minority coaches rushing over their defensive side. In recent years, it was, well, you need to be a young, creative, offensive mind and whatnot. So now folks 
We're trying to get back on the offensive side to get in that pipeline and whatnot. And now that they're starting to do that, what are we hearing? Oh, well, now we want the young up-and-comer that maybe he's not ready yet, (laughs) but in a year or two, he's going to be ready. And so we're going to get him now so we don't have to compete for him, meaning a guy like Zach Taylor or Brandon Staley. Or what we're hearing, like we heard from Jim or John uh, Mara when they hired Joe Judge, well, he had a CEO presence about him. So that's what we were looking for. (laughs) They just seem to keep moving the target in terms of what they're looking for in a head coach. And that's tough on minority coaches. And I can tell you, you know, people say to me, I get this all the time. Why do you talk about race so much? Why do you talk about race? And my response is, if I never had to talk about race again, it would be too soon. I am exhausted on the topic. I'm exhausted on the subject. I do not want to talk about it. But the reason I do is because when these minority coaches call me, and I hear the anger in their voice. I hear the frustration. I hear sometimes hopelessness in their voice that they'll ne- never be able to achieve the dream job that they want, but they can't speak on it because if they do, they're afraid they're gonna be blackballed like Colin Kaepernick was. Somebody has to speak for them. And so that's why I speak on it. Mm. Cause I try and give a voice to these men who can't speak up for themselves for fear of retribution. So again, I don't wanna talk about this. But if you're just being objective, if you're really being objective, I think you can see that something is wrong here yeah. and that the most qualified are not being being hired. Um, Jim, where were you when you heard that the Texans were hot for Josh McCown last week? I, I got a text about it and I when they it just said McCown and I was like, well, that can't be. <laughs> I mean, he was the best. He was like the third string quarterback. What are you, what are you talking about? What, what was your initial reaction? Again, just the unfairness of the, of the process that, you know, you have Josh McCown who I love. I mean, he is a great dude. Yeah. I mean, a great dude. And he's being considered for this. And yet there are black quarterbacks out there whose resume is equal to or better than Josh's who've been around the league. Josh Johnson um, played for 13 different NFL teams. He was coached by Jim Harbaugh in college, won championships there with Jim Harbaugh in college. Um, He's great in the community, good communicator, good dude. Texans didn't, didn't, didn't want him, you know? So my first reaction was, man, this is really unfair. You know, that, that these guys black and white, and again, don't get me wrong on this one. This race doesn't matter in this one. It's just guys who have been out there grinding, trying to climb the ladder to get that opportunity to be a head coach. And then here's someone being interviewed for the job who has never been a head coach. And so I texted Josh and I told him right off the bat, I said, you know how I feel about you. I said, but I just want you to know when I say these things publicly, where I'm coming from on it, you know? Um, and, And he and I had a conversation about it, private conversation over the weekend. And I just... Again, I feel for these coaches who have done everything right. They've done everything that they have been told to do in terms of of, of setting themselves up to have an opportunity, and they can't get that opportunity. Um, What would you tell Eric Biennemi if he called and said, you know what, I just got offered the Texans job. Um, There's no guarantee Deshaun Watson is staying. You know, 
I mean, if you're B enemy, I know you've been itching for the job, but given the owner's situation, how he outright lied to the quarterback, uh, he's got this guy Easterby in his ear who, according to every outlet that's written about it, is, is, is troubling. He's got a Patriots uh, guy in there, a GM. I I, I almost don't... I, I'm hopeful that Biennemi doesn't get the offer, Jim. I know that might sound silly, but I don't think that's a good job right now. Um, I don't think he is getting the offer. My understanding is that, at least as of today, there are two other people who are going to get second interviews, and he's not one of them. So I don't see him getting that job. But I would say to you, even if he were off for that job, one thing my father always taught me playing dominoes, all money ain't good money. <laughs> all jobs ain't good jobs. And the Texas job is not a good job from this standpoint. You know, I really believe that you're going into a very difficult situation right now. Even if Deshaun Watson stays, you've got cap issues. You have no draft capital. You don't have picks till the third round. You've got a culture problem. Um, you've got an owner who doesn't appear to know what he's doing. You've got Easterby, who by all accounts is meddlesome and, and is in over his head. And so if you go there, you have to go there with the understanding that in all likelihood, you're going to have to take the bullet because you may lay the foundation for change, but you won't get to the other side to see that change. Someone else is going to reap the benefits of your work. And therefore, you may not get another opportunity again. And look, Many times when there's a head coaching opening, there's an opening because the team wasn't good. So we know that, but some situations are worse than others. And this is a really bad situation right now. Yeah. I'll get you out of here on this one, Jim. If Is there a team you think Deshaun Watson or Matt Stafford end up with in the NFL that jumps out now? It sounds like Stafford's definitely leaving. It's just a matter of where. Watson, of course, a little trickier. Yeah, no, I look, I'm a San Francisco native. I was born in San Francisco. Grew up watching the 49ers. Um, so I would love to see Deshaun Watson with Kyle Shanahan. Oh, I just think Jeez. that would be amazing. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> exactly. So if you're asking me selfishly, yeah, that's what I would like to see. Will that happen? I don't know. Um, but I'm not ruling it out. Hmm. Wow. Good stuff. All right, Jim Trotter. Obviously listen to his podcast, Huddle and Flow. Steve Weiss, you know where I know him from? I grew up uh, reading the Washington Post, and mm-hmm. I was a newspaper nerd. My dad would get the paper at the bottom of the driveway before he left for work. I would pull out the sports, and I devoured the Washington Post. Kornheiser, Wilbon, J.A. Adonde, all these guys. And Steve Weish uh, was writing for the Post. And I would read the bylines because I was like, that's the job I want. You know, and Jim, you're a, you're a former, you know, well, maybe not newspaper, but, well, did you do uh, newspapers? Oh, yeah. For, yeah, yeah. I was at the San Diego Union Tribune for mm-hmm. 18 years. And like, you know, I just, uh, newspaper, it's tough. Like you've got young kids. Like I can't, my kids don't really know what a newspaper is. You know, <laughs> we don't get it delivered. You know, everything they read is online, you know, but uh, at any rate, hey, Jim Trotter, I'm a big fan of your work, uh, continued success. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, Jason, I appreciate it. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.